Hey, what's up, guys? This is episode six, and this is the one where Juicy comes in to talk, Andrew's brother. We get the insight of what it's like being Andrew's brother. So we will also talk about brotherly love and some some cool stuff there. We also finish out Ruth chapter one and talk about commitment in in that as well. So I'm glad you guys can join us, and I hope you enjoy the show. It is the highly anticipated episode six of the one to five podcast. And there's a big reason why, because this buildup for Juicy, or as I have been calling him as of late, Rob's other son, <laughs> that would be Andrew's brother. He is going to be on tonight. Listen, I'm just going to be honest with y'all. I've kind of grown a little bit like just tired of of trying to come up and uncover stories that just expose this golden boy image that, that Andrew possesses because it's just beginning to happen naturally. And I'm not even having to do anything, but, you know, <laughs> I mean, Andrew, you have been down for the count now for going on. Well, this is like going on week three that you have just been pelted with all of this. And just like, you can't even say anything anymore. You're just, you're just shaking your head. Laughing. No, no, I've got bruises so deep that like no medicine or anything. No, no matter how big the ice pack, nothing's going to make them feel better. <laughs> so I tweeted out or I, excuse me, I didn't tweet. I sent out the Instagram picture of, of us on the fourth and it shows you in the middle, you know, on your float and your court all around you. And you're just front and center floated, you know, and just being just treated like royalty. Oh, and that, yeah. that's 100% how it is every single day of our life. And Wade could tell you, I mean, we, we made a joke this week and, and Wade, Wade just ran with it about the fact that if Wade comes up and asks Harry and says, Harry, I think we should do this. Harry immediately has a response to shut up. <laughs> he does. If I, who, who, by the way, y'all would not know Harry if not for me. I've been working for Harry now for, shoot, since 2008. Okay, so if I come up to him and say, hey, Harry, I think we should do this. He's like, I'll think about that. But if the golden boy, Andrew Nelson, who's, who's an intern, I mind you, if he comes up and says, Harry, can we do this? Oh, yes. You certainly can. I think that's a grand idea. Yeah, you can't argue oh, yeah. with that. Like the other day, we worked <laughs> on his pavilion over his fire pit. Like he thought about going to do another job. I was like, "Hey, like, let's go work on your pavilion. You know, let's put some cedar up." He was like, "Man, that's a great idea." And we went straight to his house from that last job. <laughs> See, y'all don't even. And I'll be honest with you, I just kind of step back and let it happen. I really do because here's the thing: y'all are here for a summer, which. It's been a long summer, but but I can see the end, and I'm really dreading it. To be honest with you, but but it I can. The thing about it is, it's it's y'all are here for a summer, and then y'all go away, and it's me and Harry. You know, so I will <laughs> I will I'll let you have him. You know, for this this bit of time because I know it's going to be treacherous for you in a few weeks when you're in the books and studying all in the camper, which has been big news this week. How about the camper? Man, we're almost done with the painting. It was, uh, it's been crazy. We got all the white done, and then um, I've had, uh, I guess, as people would know, we're in the in the Instagram picture. Gigi, uh, Gala Gist, helping me out with the interior and giving me ideas <laughs> or whatever. And the first color we chose for the cabinets um, turned out to be uh, my school colors. Uh, so <laughs> I had to change that there. We couldn't do that. 
but we got another color. We're we're rocking and rolling right now. So we're getting ready for flooring on Friday, and we're getting so close to moving back in. Yeah. And you can't wait. You've never missed the camper so much. I used like, to dog can't... it because I'm like, man, I am such white trash living in a freaking camper in my parents' driveway. But <laughs> golly, I've missed it so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it, it it's coming very soon, and so, anyways, we uh we spent the fourth together, and we had a good time, a lot of food, a lot of jumping, you know, and I had to just really up my game, and and show out some tricks, and and doing front flips, and I must tell you this, and I, I don't know, people are like, well, how do you feel today? Well, here's how I feel today, and I'm two two days removed, my big toe is still throbbing, <laughs> so so I guess as you get older in age, and I'm 34. Okay, it's I know that doesn't seem old to people who are older than me, but to people like you, that seems like forever away. No, yeah. But I, as you get older, it's like weird injuries. You know, it can't be just like a back or or something. It's your toe. <laughs> you know, <laughs> my earlobe is hurting. You know, yeah, well, I mean? you know. Well, if it's Wade, I'll say this. If it's Wade, he would say his deviated septum is hurt. Well, that's always hurting for him, him snorting and sniffing <laughs> in the back seat. You know. <laughs> but the big news, big news of 4th of July was Brian conquering his fears, climbing up on that diamond board and pulling off a front flip at 57 years old. It was the most amazing flip I have ever seen in my life. It was, it was, oh, everybody went nuts afterwards, too. It was the biggest celebration. <laughs> Happy for what you, Brian. You, want? <laughs> you know, we could have packed up and gone home and said, well, that's a successful Independence Day right there. Brian did a front flip off, off in the pool. Oh, you know? oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, anyways, it, it, it's, been a, it's been a crazy week. I'll be honest with you. I, I haven't had the best week. Uh, you know, if we go back to the Enneagram talk, I, I, being a five, I've had a lot get in my head and just being real anxious about some things. And um, I don't know. I've just... I think I've tried to over, in a sense, overcompensate, over, you know, express my feelings, but then also try to, you know, hold in some things and then finally just uh, be able to talk. I got to talk to you a little bit today and that really helped me out a lot. So, I mean, you know, it's just, uh, it's crazy. I I don't know, just the climate that we're in and, and looking around and, and man, I can't imagine somebody trying to make it through this life alone. Yeah. I mean, you, you need people in this day and age, like, uh, you know, I, I kept a lot of stuff bottled up for the longest, and um, you don't really have really know how, you know, I wouldn't say detrimental, but how I mean, how how much that hurts you. Just keeping st- like emotions and and feelings and certain thoughts in your head, um, just bottled up, and and you can't really talk about them. You know how much that hurts you. So um, yeah, and I believe too, you begin to believe lies that aren't true about absolutely. You, yeah. you need clarity on some of this stuff because I mean, you may be going crazy, or you may be thinking right too. You never really know. Exactly. You know, I just um, I thumbed through a lot of the Enneagram post on on the inst- on the Instagram, and they're so true. We were thumbing through them today at work and just dying out laughing at them. But there are so many of them that are true. One of them was talking about like Enneagram lies, and one of them said it was like a lie that a four believes. And when I saw it, I was like, man, I've heard Wade deal with that. He's a four, yeah. and so, like I just instantly sent it to him and I messaged him like, man, I just want you to know that this is a lie, and and I told him truth. You know, and, and man, I, he just felt so encouraged. And so I, I don't know. That's one thing I think we begin to believe lies that aren't even well, they're not true. And, and we think them up ourselves, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm the world's worst at that, especially with like 
certain situations, I will I will take a situation that is so small. And as a one, if some if something's been done to me or something goes wrong, I see red and I automatically think the worst. And then just from there, it just gets so much worse, so much worse. I'm like, well, if this happens, this is this is how I'm gonna react. And then like, you know, I guess you know, I guess a certain situation I had this week is I had to let a customer, I had to let a customer go, and. uh I was fretting over it all day, you know, I'm like, well, if she, you know, if, if her family comes outside, tries to hurt me because I'm dropping them or whatever, you know, I mean, they think it's stupid stuff, but it turned out I never saw her. I just had to leave a message on the phone, you know, and just let them. Yeah. yeah. That's that inner critic that you deal with. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. So it's constantly if you're you. one out there, try to control that thing, man, because it'll get you in a deep, deep dark spot. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and honestly, like I, like I said a while ago, for me, it's like I keep everything in and, and finally, it just like just it gets so bottled up and I get so bogged down. You know, I talk about I jokingly, you know, live in the melancholy and I'm not up and I'm not down. But a lot of times, you know, I, I make everybody think everything's cool. And then then, you know, before too long, I realize, man, I'm not good. You yeah. know, and it usually comes out in a very just just I can't stop it, you know. And so anyways, I just want to say this. I mean, to all of our listeners that I'm thankful that I have a friend that that is there to to catch that for me, you know give me grace, you know, and I think that's what we, that's what we need as friendships in the world, especially in the climate that we're in. If you don't have that, man, I, I can't imagine how you make it through life, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, you've got your family and you've got, you know, for me, I've got wife and kids and all that, but sometimes it's just like, I just need somebody just to hear this, yeah. you know? And, you need, like, and, you need and, a Dave and Jonathan type friendship, you know, like that deep brotherly love or, or sisterly love. I guess if you look at Ruth and Naomi, what we're fixing to get into here, in just a second but i mean you do need friendships like that absolutely absolutely so anyways it's been a fun week a lot of fun stories that we may get into on the very very back side of things but uh, some of them we can't really say so crazy stuff has happened this week just with with harry and wade <laughs> and all that but uh but anyways we are going to take about just a just a five second transition here as we get into ruth and uh, we'll catch you up on the other side. But uh, I want to say this again. Thanks so much for listening to the 1 to 5 podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at 125bottom-podcast. So go ahead and look that up, search it. We try to keep it pretty active. So we're going to transition over to Ruth. All right, so as we get into Ruth, just this past week, last week, we, we busted open this book, and, and honestly, we don't have really a good definition as to why we started this book, other than we both just really love it. Um, but the fact is, is um, we started in chapter one. Let me just briefly catch you up. Um, uh, basically, Naomi here is, is and her family, they leave Bethlehem for um, – uh, uh, Moab and what's happening is is there's a famine in Bethlehem well they get to Moab and, and Naomi loses her husband he dies uh, her two sons marry Moabite women and they die not the Moabite women they're her sons so now we've got three women that are having to try to find a way and provide for themselves in a climate that that is not uh, healthy for women obviously because this culture was not uh, a womanly culture they couldn't uh, provide for themselves. And so um, Naomi makes the decision that she's going back to Bethlehem. 
the place where God was. She left his presence to go and find food, and now she's coming back. She has she doesn't have her family, and she's in search for food yet again. And so we stopped last week with, with the part where Naomi is obviously very, very bitter in that she um, says that the Lord's hand is against her, and she's trying to urge uh, Orpah, her daughter-in-law, and Ruth, her daughter-in-law, urge them to go back to Moab that they can um, live a very, very healthy and, and maybe have a restored life. But if they follow her, they will live a life of bitterness, a life of, of, of just strife, okay? So we're going to pick up in verse 14 through 18. Again, we're not going to read through all these verses, just kind of summarize them. But uh, Naomi urged them to turn around and stay in Moab. So Orpah listened to her. Orpah kissed her, and she went back. But Ruth clung to Naomi. And Ruth said this statement. Uh, or, or Naomi said this statement, behold, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and her gods. And, and I thought this was interesting, Andrew, in that Naomi is now not concerned about the eternity of Ruth. Notice what she says, go back to your people and go back to your gods, yeah. meaning, meaning you can go back and worship false gods. I'm, I'm worried about me. You know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so she was willing to turn her back over to these gods instead of leading her to the one that she knew was God, you know, but if you can remember, we talked about bitterness. She's so bitter towards God that it's now having an effect on the fact that she didn't care what God, uh, Ruth worships. Yeah. And, and I have no doubt that some of that too is what drove Orpah off, you know, the bitterness, the, the woe is me type thing. I mean, I'm sure Orpah had those thoughts of like, well, I really, I'm sure there's something better than this, you know, and that's why she returned back to her, uh, hometown and, and, and her gods and her people and everything. I mean, I mean you know, the, and this is, let's, let's, let's be real here. This is a mother-in-law and daughter-in-law. And, and, and I know some of those that are really close, but I know that that's also a very friction type relationship yeah. as well. They're not even blood family, you know? I mean, they're, exactly. they're like somebody's like, Hey, you're, you're adopted into the family. Cool. You know, by, by legal <laughs> exactly. documents. Exactly, exactly. So Ruth goes on and Ruth says this. Ruth doesn't leave. And so Ruth says, do not urge me to go back. Um, she says the statement, where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people will be my people. Your God, my God. That's a, that's a salvation statement there. Yeah. Then she says, where you die, I will be buried there. If you li- if I leave you, may the Lord punish me. Wow. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> think about the commitment that Ruth has made to her mother-in-law. Yeah, yeah. Now, she's holding herself accountable, you know, in that prayer or that statement. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's even saying, "God, may God punish me if I leave your side." You know, maybe Ruth saw that man on her own. Naomi is vulnerable, you know, because she's not in a good place with God. She's she's obviously a woman on her own, and Ruth says, "I'm going to stay by her side." I married into her family. This is this is this was my decision, and so I'm part of her family, you know. Yeah. And so she makes this commitment with her. And did you know this that this is the same type of language that's found in Genesis two, when Adam looks at Eve and says, "This is flesh of my flesh, bone of my bones." This and it's talking about a union here. Now this isn't this isn't um, this isn't obviously a marriage union or anything like that, but this is a this is a deep commitment that's happening here. Mm-hmm. And so um, this is the same type language that's used back when Adam and Eve are brought together that same type commitment that nothing should tear it apart but God. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's almost like a love letter type uh, 
love letter type talking or, or speaking right there. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what's interesting to me is that this Moabite woman seems to understand commitment better than this Israelite woman. Yeah. Yeah. Now think about that. Yeah. The ones you that know? are like, like, obviously like people in Moab weren't, I mean, they're not from Bethlehem, obviously, you know, and that's part of the quote unquote, holy people, you know what I'm saying? Right. And like, right. Obviously Ruth knows more about commitment than, than Naomi, the the one that right. of that holy people group. Right, because she's had a God that's committed to her yeah. and says, you know, I am your God. You know, you are my people. I am your God. And, and the Moabites, you know, worshiped all kind of gods that could have been here today, gone tomorrow type. Thing. Right. You know, so the Moabites understand a commitment better than the Israelites. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, she this is a long-term commitment that she makes. You know, she says, until death do us part. I mean, we've heard that in, in, in a marriage ceremony. So I want to ask this question to you and briefly, exp- you know, expand on it. How hard is committing to people? How hard is it to commit to people? Uh, for me, I guess to me, it's easy because it's part of my job. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I, I do lawn service. So I mean, like I have to commit to people. So it's like it's it's part of my job. Thus, it's kind of part of, you know, who I am kind of deal. But right. I will say right. that. If we're talking like not work and not anything else, it's it's harder for me to commit to people that I really don't know a lot. You know, if I've known you for a long time, it's easy for me to commit to you. But yeah, obviously with closer people, it's easier. I'm a lot the same way. I've I've you know, living or growing up in a divorced family, you know, you kind of have people in and out of your life, yeah. and so you always worry about who's going to stay. You know, yeah. and so for me to commit to somebody. It's difficult at times because I'm like, are you really going to stay or are you going to wake up tomorrow and leave? You know, but because I guess I've had a sour taste of of the whole divorce stuff, you know, the commitments that I make, I mean them. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. yeah, I I stand by them till till death. But but now I'll say this. I'm with you. It's so much easier when I know that person for a long time. Yeah. You know, just committing to people face value. I'll be honest with you. I'll tell them no long before I'll ever. Yeah, I'll do something. Yeah. I mean, I will. So um, a little bit further uh, from to into uh, verses 19 through 22. Notice this. Hold on, hold whenever, on, hold on. We can't skip over yeah. 18 here. Hold on, hold on. Okay, I've, yeah, I've go got ahead. something about the Enneagram here at 18. So oh, I'm, oh, I'm oh, going to read 18 oh. real quick. Here we go. When Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped talking to her. Okay, so see Naomi's reaction <laughs> here. Okay, so this is a very one reaction. So this is why I think Naomi's a one. Uh because this is how I get when I get stressed or embarrassed. I just want to be alone and do it all myself. And uh, I just like, just leave me alone. I'm just not going to talk to you. If you want to be, you want to do your thing, that's fine. But I'm <laughs> leave me alone. So that's why I kind of think she's a, she's a one here just for her reaction to, to all this. So, right. right. So now we can continue. I'm sorry. I had to <laughs> Well, also, also to expand on that. And it's like I said today, when you brought that up is that once, Na- once Naomi has said something, she stands by it. You know, there, it's, it's black and white with her. You know, it's like, I'm not receiving this, therefore God's hand's against me. You know, it's not what is God trying to I mean, it's black or white here. And, brother, you're like that. I just want you to know. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. so but notice this. After Ruth has made this massive just um, uh, declaration of commitment to her, Naomi was unmoved, like you just said. Unmoved. She turned and she walked away. You know, she had nothing to say. She just simply turned to walk away. I can imagine Ruth standing there holding her feelings in her hand and just like looking like, well, okay. 
You know, I've just poured my heart out to you and nothing. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure Ruth's standing there going, well, well, all right, then here we go. Uh, right, I guess this means yes. So, yeah. It, well, and here, listen to this. This just came to me. Automatically, right there, Ruth's commitment was put to the test. Yep. Right there. Oh, yeah. When Naomi gave her nothing back, her commitment was put to the test and she didn't run away. She didn't stay where she was at. She followed her. So they returned to Bethlehem and people began talking. But notice they weren't saying, is that a Moabite woman or anything like that? They said, is that Naomi? And so Naomi says this, and here's her bitterness coming out that we talked about last week. Don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara. Do you know what Mara means? Bitter. Call me Mara. Naomi means pleasant, but Mara means bitter. And here's her reason. Because the Lord has dealt bitterly with me. I went out full and came back empty. That's a lie, by the way. She did not go out full and come back empty. Mm -mm. She went out empty. She didn't have food. She didn't have everything. But you know what she did have? The presence of the Lord. Absolutely. You know? And so now she comes back and she doesn't have her husband and her two sons. But she's walking back into the presence of the Lord. And so she says this, God has afflicted me. So they returned to Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. Now explain or tell me the truth that you learned about the barley harvest. Yeah, so I thought this was interesting, but the barley harvest is one of the things, one of the events that marks a new calendar year, uh, I guess for these people. I don't really know what to, to call it. But anyway, back in the day, that's what that's what marked the new year. And I found it interesting. I'm like, well, no wonder all these people are kind of happy to see her come back or were, or were noticing her come back. Everybody was in good spirits. You know, this was like a whole turning a new page kind of deal, you know, like starting you know, at the start of the new year, like the re- new year's resolution people, like a new, new year, new me, you know? Yeah. And I imagine there was, that was some of their attitudes uh, coming in. So everybody was already in good spirits. So I imagine that made it a lot more easy for Naomi to come back in and wasn't criticized as much. I'm sure she was, but uh, it was probably a little easier for her to come back in. I would say so. And so she comes back to Bethlehem because remember she had just got word that the Lord had provided food, and that started the journey back to Bethlehem. And so as she comes back, and it's the barley harvest, like you just said, that, that marked a brand new year for her. So there's hope. There is, there is a newness. There's a new chapter that she can begin. But, but notice this. That's in the midst of her bitterness. Yeah. It's not as Naomi has had this radical change or anything. She's still bitter, and God is still providing hope. So that's, that's chapter one. We close out chapter one with the barley harvest, and that's the hope. That's the that's God bringing in new mercies, new grace, a restoration. And we still have a bitter name, and we have a Ruth who is a, a foreigner in a foreign land now with her. So that's that's chapter one of Ruth, man. Anything you want to add on that? Oh man, great story. The 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 uh, the whole thing I, I talked about the last uh, last episode of the podcast, the whole story of redemption. This is now this next chapter is where we really start to see this start to come in here with my boy Boaz. So uh, <laughs> stay tuned for next week. So you don't want to miss chapter two. And two, we want to try to get Aubrey in on some of this to get a, a female's perspective, you know, because I mean, this is dealing with, you know, uh, Boaz and Ruth and how she's kind of wooed by him in a sense, you know. So, anyways, I can't wait to continue on in it. All right. So we're going to take a break and we will be right back after this break with. Juicy, who's going to be right beside Andrew. We may have a Nelson brother fight. You got the boxing gloves on? Oh, yeah. We don't need no gloves. Let's go bare knuckle. (laughs) All right. We'll be right back after this break with Juicy. 
What's up, guys? Thank you so much for listening to the 1 to 5 podcast. Uh, It is just honestly something that we do for fun as an escape from the heaviness of this world. Um, But we also um, like to talk about truth that can help us through uh, certain things. We like to try to be real as much as we can and and just uh, show you our struggles and, and different things and about how we process it. Um, so thank you so much for, for listening to us. You know, I, I don't know about you, um, but I, I've had a pretty rough, rough week. And, I, and it's because I'm, I'm, I'm anticipating some things. I'm, I'm anxious about some things. I've been pretty short with my kids and I've had to go to them and, and apologize to them and, and ask them for forgiveness in just times that I popped off. I've, even just today, it has been uh, much of a struggle for me, and it's it's um, just a worry, uh, uh, anxiety that I have about some things that are coming, and and um, you know, um, and I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes after I get through a day like today, I look back and I say, if I could just hit reset, if I could just redo that over, and, and the fact of the matter is, we wouldn't want to redo it over, um, because if if we did, we'd have to live through all of that again and even making the right decision we make make the wrong decision in in something just down the road so i i don't think that we would want to redo and plus if we redo it that puts the power in our hands and we don't need the power the beauty of it is is that there is a god who loves us who cares about us who gives us new mercies and grace every single day in lamentations chapter 3 Um, verses 21 says this it says this I recall to my mind therefore I have hope the Lord's loving kindness indeed never ceases for his compassions never fail they are new every morning great is your faithfulness see the great thing about it is we have hope even in days like today where we just want to go bury our head in the sand or we claim we want to redo it is we have hope what's that hope That the Lord has loving kindness towards us. He loves us. And that the Lord has compassion towards us. And it's not just for today. It's new tomorrow. He has new mercy and new grace for us tomorrow. We're not going to live tomorrow on today's food. We're going to have new food tomorrow. And the fact of the matter is you're not going to run, you know, the automobile on last week's gas. It's new. So tomorrow when you wake up, if the Lord willing you wake up, you will have new mercy and new grace to face whatever it is during the day. Today is gone. If you need to apologize to someone or you need to make a wrong right, then do that. But trust me on this, there's no redo. There's no going back and doing it over. It's, it's none of that. So you don't have to live in regret. You don't have to live in guilt. What you have to simply do is look to God. Look to Christ. Because He loves you. He cares about you. His compassion towards you is new every single day. So when you wake up tomorrow, you have new mercy, new grace, new love that God pours and bestows on you. He does not withhold it. Thank Him for that. And tomorrow is going to be a brand new day. It's going to be different than what it was today. Don't, Don't drag your head tomorrow saying, just like yesterday. No, it's a new day. It's a new day with a Lord that loves you and cares about you, and that's your hope. Enjoy this last segment, and thank you so much for listening to the 1 to 5 podcast. All right, we are back, and I know it's what everybody's been waiting on. 
you know, I'm ready to lay this to rest, Andrew. I really am. Although I can't really lay it to rest because things just keep happening. Like, like in the pool the other day when you were treated as a king, things like that just keep naturally happening. So I'm, I'm not going to be able to lay it to rest, but I'm ready on this podcast to just kind of, just kind of breathe some air into it and uh, just kind of just let it go and just let the story be told on its own. And uh, so that's why I thought it was so important to hear Jude side of things. So it's not just me making things up, you know? Oh boy. Here we go. <laughs> so uh Juicy, you there? Yes, sir. I'm here. Uh see that's that's not Andrew acting like Juicy. That's him. I know that voice. Yeah, you, you can't mimic that one. <laughs> Juicy, that's a nickname that we've given. Uh his name is actually Jared. I started calling you Big Squat and that was like back when you were in school. And the reason is is because when we used to work out in the gym, I mean, like, Jared is built like a squatter, like physically just, like, can just, like, push some awesome weight. And it just, like, uh, is a perfect name, okay? Now, now I'll also say this. He, he's got a, a an outrigger on his backside. His <laughs> <there's arrow>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he is built like a chunk of wood. So, I would <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, okay, so I started calling you Big Squat. How did we get to the name Juicy? That's how I, what I want to know. I honestly don't know. Uh, I'll, honestly, tell you, I'll tell you what. I got you. Okay. Oh, see, 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 he's already interrupted. Already cutting me off. Well, no, no, this, this came from my college friend, Nathaniel uh, Rosener. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, That's so right. we FaceTimed you one time when you were at Williams, and he was like, bro, your brother's so thick he's like thick with two c's i'm like yeah man it's kind of weird but yeah he is built like a football player but he plays golf which is weird you know? <laughs> he goes he's so juicy i'm like hey that's a good name and so from then there was there was juicy right oh my gosh so it's just kind of stuck for you did do you like the nickname oh yeah i mean the thing is i used to be known as jared but now harry calls me juicy y'all call me juicy so you know what and what and my boss, now that I work with the irrigation, he calls me Juicy. So, <laughs> man, when Harry says it, it's just like dripping. I oh, mean, it's just it's juicy. It's I mean, disgusting. It's nasty. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, here's how I want to get this thing into it. All right. I was told a story just last Sunday at church. off for Andrew. We documented that on the show. So can you tell me um, what happened on a Sunday morning when you were trying to get so much rest and it was just not happening? So, you know, I've had a long weekend and I've worked my absolute hardest. I mean, just, you know, the daily grind and I'm just sound asleep. I mean, sleeping later than I've usually ever slept. And then it's about nine 30-ish, so, I mean, I'm out. Oh, man. I hear the do- I'm here the door What's open. church, by the way? Church is at 10.50. So, I mean, hey, I got time. So, <laughs> so, I hear the door open. I didn't think anything about it. I thought it was like dad sitting clothes in there or something. Like, no big deal. Then, I'm in my cocoon. I mean, I have covers over my head. <laughs> and the next thing I know, <laughs> hey! I'm like, Yeah! <laughs> And he's like, where is the oil filter wrench? I'm like, I, I think it's in my truck. I, I don't know. And he's like, go. And leaves. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, oh, I feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to sleep. 
<laughs> but it but it disturbed your sleep. Oh yeah, I mean I was I was dreaming about something I can't remember, but it was, it was pretty good. But but without any care at all, he comes in and, and just yanks the covers off, and it's your fault, like you know. Yeah, I mean I I'll take full responsibility for that because I should have put the oil filter wrench back, but you know. Where, where does the, the hold on? Let's just take a second. <laughs> where where does okay? So I'm an Enneagram one. So yeah, this is the number one. I, am I want a, everybody to know this is a number one coming out. Okay, well, what's, what do you – And I'm Enneagram number nine. Which okay. means he don't care. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Enneagram one's like order. So we have a special peg on the wall in the shop that where the oil filter wrenches go, right? No, so where's the oil filter wrench supposed to go? Well, for me as a nine, it was in my truck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Does anybody see my pain right now? Does anybody <laughs> – Oh. I'm not hearing anybody. I'm hearing crickets. All right. Yeah, I'm, still, no, I'm still Team Juicy. I got my Team Juicy shirt on. And here uh. we have to relive. Okay. I was number one. Let me ask this: the the story that I told about you being forgotten was no. that factual, Juicy? Yes, very factual. So you call Andrew. Do you call Andrew and ask him for help, or does he volunteer his help? I got to know that. Well, so I can't remember what day it was. I. I texted him because, I mean, I was just, you know, it was a long, it was a Thursday. I remember that. It was a Thursday, and it was one of my busiest days of lawn care. And, I mean, I think I had, like, 10 or 11 yards on the schedule that day. And, I mean, it's 90-something degrees. Of course, Alabama weather, everybody knows it's humid. I mean, you walk outside, you get a shower. I mean, it's that humid. So, I texted him, like, hey, you know, if you get off of work and you feel like working, you know, you can come help me. And he's like, yeah, no problem. I'll do that. So it gets about 3.30, and I'm like, all right, he should be off of work by now and getting close. So I just continue my cut. Next thing I know, look down, it's 4.30. No, <laughs> no Andrew. So I'm like, okay, maybe, you know, he's just a little late. 5.30, nothing. So I just assume he's dead. Oh, wow. <laughs> he's just he's just not gonna show up. But you didn't even call me. But no, I mean, you know what? I'm a trooper. I suck it out, you know. But you didn't even call me no, if I was dead. No, okay. No. So okay. I'm also getting the hours worked in too. So <laughs> So as you come come rolling into the house and you see your brother's not dead because his truck's there and you find him on the couch. What's he doing on the couch? Can I ask that? Oh yeah, sipping coffee. <laughs> I come in through the hallway door. Of course, me, you know, my personality. I trip, throw the double barrel shotgun. <laughs> I mean, you know, Micah, you understand my frustration. I, right? I got you. I got you. I, I, I feel it fully. Feel it fully. Okay, so so you were forgotten. You were forgotten on that day. Now, mm-hmm. let's get to the same, I, I believe it was Friday of this week. Where you have to go pick up a pallet of sod for your father. Uh huh. Yeah, correct. And he said, and I quote, I help you with the sod. So, can I ask you, did he help you with the sod? In his defense, yes, he did. See, see, but okay, that's but. Go, here's a but. Go ahead. So, of course, me being trying to be the loving brother I am, he is. Uh, <laughs> I I go out to where his where he pulls his camper through, and I'm like, well, you know, I've noticed there's some limbs hitting the AC unit on top. So I said, I don't want that to get damaged. So I start getting up on a, well, of course, I'm on a 10-foot ladder. And the problem with the 10-foot ladder is these branches are 
uh, I'd say about seventeen feet up. Oh my goodness! So you're not a, you're not a tall fella. No, I'm. I mean, I'm short and I'm squatty. I mean, big squat, big squat juicy. I mean, you know. <laughs> and yeah, so I'm up there cutting limbs, and you know, he's just gone. I mean, oh my good. And so see, and then and then I send to the group text about the ice cream, and he stops by and gets some, and then I get a poor picture just covered in stank. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting there thinking, I criticized him all week long, all weekend long, about making you lay the sod. And he swore his innocence there. But he never, ever said that you were trimming limbs for his camper. For his camper. And let me ask you this. Do you even have a camper yet? Okay, look, this is another story. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, I'm not going to name the people who I'm trying to go through. Please just don't. For- <laughs> Because there's so many things I could say about them at this point. Let's just say they've sold almost 300 campers at the beginning of the year. How about it? So, anyway, I go down there to look today. Hey, man, we got you a couple to look at. All right, so I go down there. Nothing. Oh. oh. So, so, see, you so don't we are have still in the process. You don't even have a camper. You've been working on your brother's camper. And you don't, even if you rolled home with a camper today, can I ask you this? Where in the world would you park it? Oh, I don't know. It, it's saying hook up to my truck for a while. <laughs> <laughs> we ain't got that far yet. Yeah, we're, we're still in the process. Oh, yeah, we're... man. So here, here, I'm going to give you one chance. If if you can think of any. If you can't, that's great for Andrew. Are there any stories that just further this agenda that, that Andrew is not this golden boy that he presents himself as? Maybe a time when you've gotten the short end of the stick. You said there were many. Oh, I mean, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I did. I mean, I have left you from going like I, in the mornings, going to the gym. I just left you because you were sleeping. I mean, yeah, that that was some times. I mean, because at this gym we went to, I mean, it wasn't cheap to go to at all. <laughs> I mean, it was sixty five dollars a month yeah. to go to this gym. And of course, I'm like, hey, if I'm not up by let's say four thirty, please just come tap on me. Like, not much effort at all. You live right across the catwalk from me. I mean, <laughs> couldn't take but. Just two taps and I'm awake. No, he. I wake up at five o'clock, and I'm like, "Oh gosh, I slept." <laughs> and so then I text him. I said, "Have you left yet?" He's like, "Yeah, I left like thirty minutes ago." And I'm like, "Well, all right. Well, I'd say that's the only couple times I've been left in the dust, other than you know, slaving over yard work. But other than that, okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he did tell me. He did tell. Me, well, I can't say that because if I say that, that makes Rob looks bad. Wait a minute. He told. He said that Rob's his best employee, but he also said that you were. So, who, oh, who, do, you, oh, oh. <laughs> who do you think's his best employee? You or Rob? And Rob being the dad, by the way. Well, I'll say it's a very equal amount. It's very equal. We all because the word because easy. you know Rob's a hard worker. I'm a hard worker. I, I guess I am. I mean, I get paid. I don't know. I guess I am. Don't say I'm a hard worker because nobody's gonna believe. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, here's something, and I'm, I'm going to take this down a serious route, okay? Um, but but here's something that I've always admired about you two. You two are how many months apart? Are y'all a year apart completely? 16. Uh, 16 months, so yeah. yeah. So y'all, all, I mean, y'all are close in age. I mean, you're talking, you know, Andrew graduates, and then the next year you graduate, you know? And so, I mean, that's so close in age. I mean, listen to me. Like, my closest, my sister is nine and a half years older than her, you wow. know? That's a big gap, you know, and even like like my daughter and, and, and my oldest daughter, they're they're four years apart, you know, 
So, like, what's it like growing up with a sibling that's so close in age? What's that like? Either one of you, if both of you chime. Uh, well, I'll chime in on it. Like, honestly, I don't see how it could be any other way for us. I mean, I know for others it's different, but for us, I mean, we just, we know how to work together. And, like, there's nothing, like, of course, every sibling and stuff has their, they disagree on things and they kind of fight about things, but, I think the last time I punched you was like what? Like and I was I like eight or nine. I mean, so we really didn't fight that much. No, that was the last time I punched you. I think. But anyway, I mean, yeah. I think we just had what, about, that. what about you, Andrew? What's it like having a younger brother so close in age? I mean, I really don't know any different. So <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. I mean, I mean, it's like having. I mean, it's it's like my best friend. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I we're always together. We're always doing stuff. We were close enough in age where we had liked the same things. There really wasn't a gap there. I mean. Where I went, he went. You know, if I got a job working somewhere, he also probably got it. You know, obviously if it was outside work and a lot of help was needed. But, I mean, it's just like having another friend there. And I'll also add another thing to that. Like, whenever he was in Dallas doing an internship, that was the worst summer of my life. (laughs) Like, I could not, like, it was not fun because I would come home and be like, where's Andrew? Oh, wait, he's in Texas. Yeah. crap. So I can't, like, joke around. I can't be like, hey, let's, you know. Let's go do this. Let's go do that. So, I mean, it was just because I was all alone, too. I didn't have anybody down there. Yeah. I mean, well, that's crazy. That's that's so foreign to me. Like, you know, I mean, my sister, nine and a half years. I mean, we're, we're close and all, but it's not, nothing like that. She's always seemed like more like a babysitter to me. You know what I'm saying? I love her to death. Don't get me wrong. But, but it's just been because she's so much older than me. And I think that's also made me just kind of like I remember a lot of things that are older than I am simply because of her. You know, like toys mm-hmm. and like that so that's so crazy i can remember uh uh andrew's first time at, at infuge our, our summer camp and like i remember you calling during the week several times and just asking how it was like you really missed your brother and and you hated the fact that he was going through it the, you know without you you know so yeah. i can remember that and that's so crazy so um what um I know that at state, Andrew told me today that uh, he's 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 reserved y'all spots for your campers, even though you don't have one, Jerry. Um, but you can pitch a tent. I got a tent you can borrow. <laughs> y'all are gonna be living side by side, you know. Yeah. And yeah, just about. And, yeah. and and I mean, like this summer, you haven't really been doing that because Andrew's for the most part has stayed out in the camper or down in the basement. You no longer across from the catwalk. What's that now going to be like living side by side at a campsite, at a college? You know, I mean, what's that life going to be like, you think? I think it's going to be relatively the same. I think like, I think yeah. we're still going to like, you know, mind each other's like own business. And I think we're going to stay out of each other's hair. But whenever we want to like, whenever we both have that desire, like we want to see each other, I mean, like it's just. 10 steps and then we see yeah. each other. <laughs> I mean, right. We like the same stuff too. Cause I have no doubt we'll probably go work out in the mornings before school too, at the gym. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it'd probably be just, mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh, minus the work. That'd be good. It's kind of like vacation. <laughs> yeah, it'd be like vacation. Yeah. <laughs> so are both of you like really protective over each other or one more than mm-hmm. the other? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Well, I, mm-hmm. wh- what? <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Well, I mean, I can just remember a couple of stories of like, oh, great. Here we go. Him. but you know, we'll save that for a later time. <laughs> well, when we tried to beat that guy up in the locker room, that was like, yeah, that was beating up on you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's when I was going through that whole. Hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. A little brother came in and tagged in. 
Yeah, oh, they, wait, no, wait, it gets worse. <laughs> this boy was getting Hold like, on. you know. Hold on. Okay, so this guy was just whooping up on Andrew, like him and. I'm getting pummeled. I mean, he was getting beat up. And so I come in there and I start slinging people against walls and lockers. I mean, I, I mean I'm like 13, maybe. And I'm just slinging no, you're 12, people. man. Oh, okay. You're well. sixth grade. Oh, wow. Well, anyway, so. And he gets mad at me. He's like, what are you doing? Go, there's playing around. I'm like, I don't think well, so. Here's the deal. <laughs> here's the deal, okay? I was getting bullied. And so, like, I don't want to be the uncool kid and, like, get bullied even worse. Oh, so, what? Your I didn't know brother what to do. came in. seventh grade, and- I panicked. So, your brother came in and cleaned house for you. I mean, he is throwing around people like it's the Royal Rumble, okay? <laughs> Yeah. Only thing better, Jared, is if you would have been wearing a mask and had a chair in your hand. That would have been the only thing. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> Intro music playing and everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would say this, out of you two, and, and I've seen Andrew's a- anger, but he has a better grip on it. Jared, when you lose it, brother. I mean, it is, <laughs> oh, it I is, mean it's like an atomic bomb going off. <laughs> I mean, there is no stopping it. It is insane. And, and, and here, let me give people another visual. For Juicy... The first time I can really remember Juicy when we started going to church together, <laughs> I was sitting up in the choir and I saw <laughs> fireman's carry, like pick him up like a sack of potatoes over his shoulders and carry him out of the sanctuary. <laughs> what in the world were you doing to get carried out of the sanctuary like that? Well, I think I kept pestering dad and was just messing with him. Cause at that time, you know, I don't know how old I was, but I was just like, messing with him. I'm like, I don't want to be here. And so I'm just like poking at him and like messing with him. He's like, quit, Jared, stop. And then next thing I know, I'm going, no, don't hit me. <laughs> and you are being carried out, man. I, I will never forget that. You know, Andrew says that your favorite thing to do is pester your dad. I never knew that. Oh, <laughs> oh it is the greatest show ever. Like, it's better it's awesome. Other day, now I'm not going to say word for word because, uh, you know, old Juicy can get a little, I don't know, he can get a little grandpaish every now and then when he starts talking smack. And I, <laughs> But Andrew said that you walked up to your dad and started talking smack about beating him a week off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, 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 boy, it, it just didn't end well. I mean, I got, I got spanked. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Rob showed you up, huh? Yeah, I mean, look, I'll just start st- like talking the gas now. I mean, I will, I will take him to a course, and I'll, you know, just, just punish him through eighteen holes. <laughs> but, you know. Man, I'm gonna tell you what's great about you guys that I really like is that your family's so close. I mean, y'all really are. I mean, y'all do a lot of stuff together. Like yesterday, even though Andrew didn't go, but like he sent, he said, "You guys need to go play golf together." You know, and like for Mother's Day, you took your mom golf, and like golf's a big thing in y'all's family. Y'all hunt together. Y'all work on on. I mean, y'all own a business together and work together. Like that is so awesome to me. Y'all have such a close knit family. I mean, how have y'all seen that benefit both of you uh, uh, growing up? I guess you could say, like where you're at today as men. How has a close knit family benefited you? Uh, I think for us, I mean, it's definitely taught me and him. He can attest to this. I mean. Watching our parents work as hard as they do, it kind of instilled that work ethic in us. Like, because we always felt like we either had to match or outdo that hard work that they do. Yeah. And that was a big thing. And for us, that's kind of like, you know, what what we put our pride in. I mean, not to have pride, but we kind of put our identity in like, you know, hard work makes, you know, everything go together. So. 
that's kind of the way we look at it. That's just kind of the way our family's built. Is like we've all, like, our family time has always been working out here. On, you know, like when we were building our house, we were picking up all the rocks to go on the outside. You know, that's I mean that was where we spent time together. You know, even though we weren't like physically like together talking like, but just working together, together as a family, and like the selfless attitude too, like. If dad's working on something outside, then me and Jared are going to pitch in and help. I mean, dad's cutting the grass. He and I are going to grab a couple mowers, too, and help him finish up quick. You know, if mom's working on a project, the biggest thing I can think of is the shooting house that we built Mm -hmm. for mom. You know, mom drew up the plans, and we built it for mom, you know, and it's vice versa. Uh, They'll help us with anything, too. And, you know, know your mom's got, like, boo coodles. She's got, like, a massive notebook of plans. I mean, you know. (laughs) It's it's unfair, almost. (laughs) But I'll be honest with you. I mean, it's something that I really just – I love to watch you guys. I mean, you get to look at your house and say, you know what, we did that. You know, we worked on that together. And we had a lot of time, a lot of fun doing that. You know, I know it's probably some days that you wish you could be out with somebody else. But at times, you know, you're like, no, that – that's our house, you know, that we built. And I just want you to know that your family is, is really looked up to by a lot of people just by simply the way y'all carry yourselves and the way you love each other. No, you're not perfect. You know, I get to hear the arguments and stuff like that, but, <laughs> but I get to hear the times that, that uncle Rob loses his, loses his gourd and just gets angry and, throws <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. But, but the great thing about it is you, you guys are an awesome family that, that, uh, man, I'm blessed to be a part of. So, um, I've just, uh, Anyways, I, I have I've looked forward to this segment, not just to joke on Andrew, but just to hear this side of it and, and give our listeners just a, a taste of, of what brotherhood is. And uh, so, Juicy, we got to have you back on soon. This is not a one and done, brother. You know, the people need more juice. I'm just telling you. So, <laughs> I mean, is there any final words that you want to say, Juicy? Anything that you anything's on the table, but I mean, I don't have my sensor button or anything. So. <laughs> No, I mean, I just want to thank y'all for having me on. I mean, it's been it's been fun. I've had a lot of fun just recording this and just getting to joke around with you guys. It's always fun hanging out with y'all. So awesome, Brian said. Brian said that two fat sisters is on him at uh, it's a restaurant that they go to. So he said lunch is on him tomorrow. Perfect. Because <laughs> I got a short day tomorrow, so I'm going to stuff up on some country fried steak and gravy. <laughs> All right, Andrew, all right, going into the rest of this week, what what kind of positive energy you got for us? If you've got a brother or sister, just reach out to them and tell them you love them. And uh, if you're young and you're listening to this, spend time with them because you never know how much fun you're going to have with them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Man, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. Man, I I agree with that. I need to text my sister right now. So, (laughs) anyways, uh, awesome. All right, well, I hope you guys have a great night. Remember, you can follow us on Instagram at – one, two, uh, five, bottom slash podcast. Look it up. We try to keep it busy. Juice has been on there. Um, you can see the king and his cord on there. That's the most recent picture that we left up there. So, um, And we'll be dropping this episode very soon. So uh, this has been the one to five podcast with Juicy tonight. So hope you all have an awesome, awesome. We'll be with you next week.